Turn. It is Shooter Shoot Podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Joe Gagliano. With me, as always, Jimmy Sargent. On the ones and twos, Joe Montesano. Smoking Joe Montesano. Jim, how's it, feel, how's it feel to be back? A little uh, little hiatus, little sun, little um, music, some, some laid back. How does it feel? Yeah, well, you know, I went on a little vacation. Went on a little bit of a bender. A little bender. <laughs> I uh, got a little complacent when I came back, and you know it feels good to be back now. You know it's uh, hey, hey, well deserved. Good to hear myself talk again. Well deserved. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll come out firing right away. There's no need to even go into the recap. We're gonna we're gonna go into it in a little, in a little bit. But first, uh, first out of, out of Pittsburgh, we got uh, s- some breaking news here. Uh, rot. Well, not breaking news, but news as of uh, some breaking rumors potentially. Breaking maybe. rumors. Uh, Ron Cook out of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette uh, commenting, and I quote, don't be surprised if Phil Kessel is traded. Uh, we call this controversy. In controversy, the- as they say in Britain. <laughs> controversy? Um, <laughs> no, uh, a little bit of controversy there and uh, a little bit of uh, deja vu, except, yeah. you know, this time Phil Kessel would be leaving uh, two-time Stanley Cup championship team instead of that, you know. It was a piss shit show in Toronto. He was there. Southern. It was a shit show. You yeah. can just say it, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's much like uh, I said. Actually, a piss- it's even a, a little worse than what it's like in Buffalo right now. I might even say. Uh, you just come right back at it. Okay, so uh, Rick Tockett uh, was recently named the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, he's been a staple in Pittsburgh for the last couple of years and really been kind of like a, uh, we'll say he's a shrink for, uh, Phil, Phil Kessel. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kept, he kept, he liked them on the power play too. Yeah. He kept hot dog Phil in check and, uh, he, he, he kept his ego and his, his, his mind in check. But now with him gone, a lot of people are, are kind of worried and concerned that, uh, Phil kind of go off the rails as he, as he did in Toronto. And now the media is starting to uh, take notice and uh, said, you know, don't be surprised if, if, if he's on his way out. Jim, do you, you kind of see this as uh, Shades of Toronto or do you think this is all just going to kind of blow over and it's gonna, he's going to go into the uh, the season and, and they'll just play business as usual, BAU as they say? Yeah, you know, I like you said, there's a lot of parallels with what happened uh, with kind of how he's, I don't want to say wore out his welcome, but uh, he kind of wore on, I think more so Toronto kind of wore on him. And you can kind of tell with his demeanor. And you kind of saw that in the playoffs a couple times this year, too, where he's had, had some of those meltdowns, um, specifically with Evgeny Malkin. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, there's a, you know, it's weird to say because Pittsburgh just won back to back cups. But you see with Chris Kunitz leaving, Marc Andre Fleury is now gone. Um, you know, they didn't, Trevor Daly's gone. Uh, Ron Hainsey's gone now. Um, this trade could free up some cap space because they're going to need to sign some of their young guys. Matt Murray's deal is going to need to be get, get done. Jake Gensel looks like he's going to be a, a dominant, dynamic scorer, so they're going to have to pay him. They just got Justin Schultz done. Um, you know, Connor Sheary, another guy, um, and then you know Patrick Hornquist. He's a guy whose whose salary is going to 
expire at the end of next year, you kind of see him, you know, kind of moving on as well. But um, I just don't think, like you said, with Rick Tockett there, um, they're kind of changing their, so to speak, offensive coordinator. So he was kind of in his corner. So I think, you know, you move a guy like Phil Kessel, you can maybe get some young talent, maybe some more some draft picks to kind of, you know, again, restock that Wilkes-Barre-Scranton program that, they, that they've just – for whatever reason, they're able to just pump out guys. They're, they're a factory for developing talent, whether it's within their organization or guys that they trade away. So, um, it's that next yeah. man up mentality. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the Patriots. It's exactly, uh, it doesn't matter who you put in that role. Like it, you, you draw parallels between the NFL, uh, Jamie Collins got Jamie Collins is his name, right? Jamie Collins, Patriots gone. Uh, all, all these guys, they're, they're interchangeable. And if you have the farm system to back it up, then, Exactly, and I think with yeah. with Phil too, he's a kind of an introvert, and we saw some inconsistencies this year. Uh, obviously, last year was, was that HBK line was so dominant. Um, you know, and you got another guy who's gone too, is Benino, right? Another another veteran guy who's gone now. Um, you know, he didn't really. He impacted. He was impactful this this playoffs, but it wasn't the same as last year. And he's very inconsistent this year, like you said. A guy who's got a cap hit of I think it's about six point eight million dollars per year. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored 23 goals, so I think you're expecting a little more out of a guy, or you expect him to get to 30. You, a guy who's getting paid 6.8, you want him to get to 30. Yep, um, agreed. And especially Phil Kessel, who's a guy that's not really going to impact the game in the defensive end. He's not your, your so, to, so to speak, two-way player. But, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like, like, like the article said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got dealt either. I think the, the, the Pens could get some good, uh, good tools and, and pieces to put put in place for the future as as we kind of touched on earlier they they're going to need to fill some voids i can send them along to washington they uh they play a lot of two-way hockey over there yeah except washington can't afford them they just paid uh Kuznets. yeah which we'll get to so yeah. <laughs> uh now that we're there uh we've been gone for three weeks uh was it kelly clarkson the one who sang the song you know, since you've been gone is, yeah, I think so. Is I that Kelly Clarkson? Can we do a little since you've been gone? Da, 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 da. I don't know the words. I'm not a big country guy, pop guy, but uh, since you've been gone. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Okay. Since you've been gone. Nah, 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 nah. I've caught you dancing a Despacito once or twice. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, since, since we've been gone, um, we have a, a lot of free agent signings to report. We're going to give kind of some quick hits on that. Um, actually, something I didn't have written down. Uh, nobody wants to sign... Uh, Grandpa Yager. Yeah, I know. I, I'd like to hear your take on that because I don't know what the hell is going on because I could name you uh, more than half the teams that could definitely use him. Yeah, you know, Joe, I think with you being a, a GM in the 3HL, you should uh, target him. <laughs> We're going to have to cut that for fake news reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Prick. No, I, to be honest, yeah, I, I agree. He, You know, you, you can see... You know, I mean, he kind of wearing down a bit at the end of last year, but you know, Florida wasn't a, a playoff contender. Um, Dude, I think he, he, I think he still for, got a little bit left in the tank. He can sign for pennies at this. Yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, just sign him to a million, like much like you know, to see a Dominic Moore or a Alish Hemsky in, in Montreal. Sign a one-year, one-mil deal. Just prove you can still play. He's not going to get the four mil like he got in, in Florida. Um, so I think, you know. I think there's still some some attributes and some positive things that Yogs can obviously bring to a team, um, especially a young team that you know maybe needs some guidance. You know, Vegas. I, I don't know. I don't know if we want to Vegas. Wanna, Vegas, yeah. But I was gonna say, how about 
you know, a team like uh, like Carolina, they just added Justin Williams. You know, you throw Yogs in there. Maybe uh, you've been gunning to talk about Carolina. We 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 have had this circled on the uh, on the old charts. Jim Jim thinks that uh, Carolina, uh, 2018 playoff team. Let's uh, let's let's yeah. jump right to that. So they picked up Justin Williams. They obviously picked up their uh, their number one tendy and uh, Scott Darling. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I honestly, it's just through development too. They got uh, they got rid of you know a couple. I don't want to say he's. Well, a guy who didn't pan out, Ryan Murphy, right? They got rid of Eddie Lack for some picks. Um, you know, I think, I think uh, it's more so what they've done internally. They they got, you know, Phil DiGiuseppe is an absolute stud. Um, you know, they got a guy like uh, your boy. You know, yeah, and Jacob Slavin, really good player. Uh, they just locked him up. They got Falk back on, on the back end. Basically, what they got a young, young core, and I think they're going to make a step. I think. Scott Darling is a guy who's – I think he's going to be good. Obviously, they're not going to be winning the Stanley Cup this year. But I really think – maybe I'm saying this because I'm from Toronto, but Carolina's that team, that Toronto team, you know, mm. for this year. I don't know. That's that's just my my prediction. I think they got – you know, they got a guy like Marcus Kruger. You know, it's I, that's not like a big headline acquisition in my opinion. But, you know, a guy like him, he, you know, he kills penalties. He'll, probably, he'll send another third line. He'll do little things, block shots, be a, a guy who's got some, you know, he's got a championship pedigree. And uh, you, know, you, know, you know what actually does boost morale a little bit too? Uh, it was just announced that they, uh, they're looking, they're about to be bought out and remain in the Carolina area uh, for the foreseeable future. I think it was the uh, Texas Rangers general manager or owner or so, somebody in that, in that system uh, decided to put a bid in for the Carolina Hurricanes. So it looks like they're going to stay uh, in the PNC arena for the foreseeable future, which is big. Once you have somebody make that investment in the program and make that investment in the team, that does a lot because if you're, you know, thinking, well, yeah, we're going to be the Carolina Hurricanes today, we're going to be the, you know, Quebec City uh Hurricanes tomorrow. For sure. I think that definitely affects uh team morale. I I kind of want to move on a little bit and uh I just want to say one more thing about Carolina. Yeah. They picked up Trevor Van Reams like too. Another big acquisition just to add to that young back end. And Slavin, Falk, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, pretty good top three. Not a, or, uh, definitely. Um, let's move on to another team that's uh, probably what that definitely wasn't a playoff team this year, and probably looking to make a huge splash, uh, and that's Dallas. And Dallas has been super, super busy in the off season. Uh, they signed uh, the uh, known. Uh, Oh, what do you call it when you when you when you leave the the known defector uh, Alexander Radulov to a five year deal, which uh, I, I mean, I'm glad he had a good year in Montreal, but that five years you're you got to look at that for Dallas and be like, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they overpaid, I think, but uh, but but I mean, you know what? I'll say this: five years. There? For, what's that? But if he plays out his five years and he has, you know. He had a really good year in Montreal. I think he was that Montreal offense. Yeah, him and yeah, I, yeah, I agree. He was he was definitely a big driver of that. But you know, they're going for it. Like they're going for it. It's you know the the hands will pick up. They also picked up Mark Mathot, um, which I think is a big underrated. Like that's a really underrated pickup for them. Ben Mark Mathot. You know, you you got him and John Klingberg on the back end. 
Ben Bishop in between yeah, ben the Bishop, pipes, yeah. which kind of cures those problems right away. And they and got a so, young guy, Stephen Johns, coming up. Good young defenseman. Um, getting yeah. rid of Lindy Ruff as the head coach, putting head kind of Hitchcock back there. <laughs> yes, you, you're, you're not a big fan of, uh, of uh, Lindy Ruff. I well, know you're, that. You're taking the guy who lost the 99 Cup uh, and replaced him with the guy who won the 99 Cup. So I'd, I'd definitely say that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, actually, you know what though? The the Ken, honestly, God though, the Ken Hitchcock uh, signing is it shouldn't be overlooked. I think, like, I think, but other than injuries last year and obviously goaltending, Dallas really lacks structure. And, <clears throat> and at the end of the day, Hitch is going to bring in that structure. And I think that uh, you know if he gets is able to get a buy in from the group, then. You know, if you look at those forwards with, you know, Radulov, you know, uh, Jamie Benn, um, Tyler Sagan, um, you know, Marty Hansel signs. That's yeah, pretty good. Pretty damn good. You know, it's funny you mentioned that and you talk about that lack of structure. I remember being in a golf group one time with Lindy Ruff and he kept making the joke over and over again. He'd, you know, make a five and he'd go, oh, five for four and he'd wink. And then he'd, you know, he'd make a six and he'd go six for five and he'd make, he'd wink. And I think I understand what you mean by lack of structure because it's there on the golf course and I'm sure it uh, transferred over onto the, onto the ice rink. Can't that's, have that lack of structure. That's, that's real translatable. A guy's golf game to how he coaches in the NHL. I think so. I mean, I, I made it right away. Um, All right, well, yeah, another free agent signing. Why don't we talk well, about? Uh, let, let's 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 get a good transition here. You know, we we're talking, was, about, we're talking about all this Radulov stuff here. You know, guy that, when he played for his former team here, that they've been making some noise here, Montreal. A couple big, uh, couple big uh, deals here. But uh, but they haven't moved Galchenyuk. Uh, Galchenyuk. Well, they re up. They have a three year deal. I know, but that was the bit. Like the big thing was, oh, Galchenyuk's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. And then they uh, they re up him. Well, you know what they they did, and they also traded for Jonathan Drewen. Hey, which fi- finally, I mean, like he in Tampa kind of, I'm gonna say wore out was welcome, but he was never really liked by uh, the front office there. Yeah, absolutely. That that whole, you know, what, what do you call it? Um, I don't want to say what's the word stand out. No, um, fuck, I'm getting a brain fart here. It's all right. Yeah, yeah anyway. English language. Uh, our, uh, our, our producer is texting in right now saying, bad trade. Montreal needed a center, not a fucking winger. Idiots. Thank you, Joe. You know what? They're, they're, you're right. They're right. They still need to, to address that. Uh, but they did address a big need, too, in, in getting an, a big big defenseman in Carl Osner. So I think that is important, too. Um, obviously... The re-signing of Carey Price too. At uh, well, that was the biggest no-brainer, other than the McDavid contract. Absolutely. Um, so, if you look at that back end, still pretty solid. Um, and you got Carey Price back there. I do think what they want to see, and they have said, you know, our um, Galchenyuk is going to start the year on the wing. But I really have a feeling that with this acquisition of Jonathan Drewen, that how can you not give Galchenyuk the opportunity to play center? with Jonathan Drewen on his wing and see what those two young guys can kind of get going chemistry-wise. And, you know, call, I don't know, call me naive, but if, if, I'm, if I'm a head coach, if I'm Claude Julien, I'm, I'm putting those two together and see what the hell they can do. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, 
a possibility. I, I like that for sure. Um, speaking of back ends, where I was originally going to go to was uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, who is, in my mind, the biggest free agent in the offseason, uh, yeah. signing, signing a four-year deal with the New York uh, Rangers, who seem to be making their final like push. And it's not really like a huge push, but uh, for the Stanley Cup, because you know you have King Henrik, who's uh, on the bad side of thirty, right? He's he's over thirty. Yeah, he's like thirty-five yeah, or thirty-six. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's old. Um, there. Yeah, you know they they're trying to make you know work their back end a bit more. And you know they got rid of Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta for Anthony D'Angelo as well. So it looks like they're trying to shore up that back end, all while getting rid of uh, Dan Girardi if they bought him out. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, filling in that that uh, that right shot D with D'Angelo and uh, and Shattenkirk there, um, and you know what? I don't. I th- it, to me, I thought uh, Shattenkirk was going to get a seven year, not quite seven million dollar deal, but pretty close to that. I think uh, New York did a pretty good job in you know mitigating that, getting them at four years. So oh, for sure. So good, good, good on them for that. Um, staying away from that long long term deal, but. Yeah, it's uh, the Rangers. To be honest, I even still with you know Washington losing uh, a few of those their guys that they they had. Um, I still I think Columbus is great. Still, still, I think they're going to be a, a really solid team this year. Obviously, Pittsburgh is going to continue to be great. Um, I, I again, I don't see a Stanley Cup hangover. I still think that. Washington will get that third spot in the Metro. Uh, if, in my opinion, if New York's going to get in the playoffs, they got to clinch one of those wild card spots, which they should. They should be able to get one of those. But uh, I'd I'd put them on as, as a fringe team, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I don't I don't I don't see them getting one of the top three spots in the Metro. So I I, I don't think they did enough. Um, so we'll we'll, we'll see what uh, you know. The off season's not over. Um, so we'll see what's uh, see what the rest has in store for them. All right. Uh, why don't we turn our uh, our attention here to uh, the local boys? So uh, we'll we'll start with you in Toronto because Toronto made a couple uh, splashy moves, bringing in a veteran presence like Patty Marlowe and a, uh, a Stanley Cup champ- champion and Ron Hainsey. Uh, are you satisfied with uh, the moves that uh, Toronto's making? The Toronto Maple Leafs did, in my opinion, a pretty good uh, pretty good job. Um, I didn't like the third year on Marlowe's deal just because you got Marner, Matthews, those guys have to get paid in, in two years. So um, that's going to probably put some stress um, on the on the front office to get a, get some good players signed up for for that third year. But, you know, if, if you're looking at the, those other two years, there's, you know, I don't mind it because he's, you put him on that line, and this is what I project. And this is this isn't gonna this isn't what's gonna happen because we all know Mike Babcock's just in love with uh, Zach Hyman. Loves I think you've got to put Matthews with uh, with Marlowe on the left and Nylander on the right. That's your first line, and then your second line's Bozak, uh, Marner, and JVR, and then your third line. Well, we won't go all through that and bore everyone, but I think we got to sh- we got to shift Hyman down. So I, I think. Uh, to the fourth line, so I think you know that's a real good deal. Uh, Ron Hainsey is just an underrated, really good. He's going to be their fifth defenseman. Uh, I still think Toronto needs to get 
get a top four D um, because right now, as it's looking, uh, you got Marchenko and or Marinson being your fifth, sixth defenseman um, and Connor Carrick's your fourth. I like their top three, but I still think they need another top four defenseman. Um, so we'll, we'll see what uh, what Lou has up his sleeve. Um, and then another another thing, too, that, uh, that Toronto did, and I think it's going overlooked, is Dominic Moore signing a one-year deal, kind of replaced that fourth-line center role. Um, he's going to be a guy that kills penalties, does little things well. He, he, he'll win draws. Um, I thought that was a really good job to replace a guy like Brian Boyle at a at a discount price, so um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see see what uh, see if Toronto can continue to make that upward trend. It's a tough league to win in, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, now, Joe, what about your Buffalo Sabers? They uh, they made some more some more news, more so in the trade front than in the free agent market. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's not overlook Nathan Bouillot uh, from the Montreal, <laughs> which uh, really really shirred up that number six defenseman spot. Um, but I think the trade that Jimmy's referencing, which I absolutely love because I wasn't a huge Marcus Foligno fan, was Marcus Foligno and Tyler Ennis for uh, um, Marty Scandella and uh, Jason Pominville. And, you know, bringing the Palmer back to Buffalo, uh, Pominville was uh, kind of a, a local legend. Uh, uh, What's the Rick Jenneret called? The, pop, oh, the, popul- the population of Palmerville increases by one more. <laughs> I missed that so much, and that's going to be just huge. I think Rick Jenneret might stay as long as like Palmerville's still on the team, just because, just so he could do that. Because that's really like, a, in, in my opinion, when I think of signature Rick Jenneret calls, that's one of like the last ones that that, that I remember. I remember that, and uh, I think when he scored the goal, it was uh, boy, these guys are good, scary good. Actually, that might have been Jury, but. Uh, Either way, uh, yeah, Joe's typing in May Day. May Day was a little bit before my time uh, smoking, Joe, so thank you. Um, but uh, uh, where was I? Uh, the, the trade, I really like it because the, the one piece that, that uh, stuck out to me was Marty Scandella because he's really going to fit in. Marco. Mar- whatever. I, Marky, Marco. Marty, what, I, don't, I don't. Figure it out. Uh, yeah, okay. You know what I'm right. names. <laughs> regardless uh i think he's gonna be fantastic because he's gonna kind of uh bring a real stable defensive defensive defenseman presence if that makes sense he's not gonna be flashy he's not gonna score a bunch of goals but he's gonna bring that kind of calming presence and he's gonna give uh he's gonna give you know some experience to that to that blue line because they really don't have that i mean they have him, just how about pairing him up with uh, with your boy Ristolainen? I like that a lot. I like that a lot for a guy that t- takes as many chances as Ristolainen does. I think that makes a lot a lot of sense, and uh, it's a completely new look defense. You have Victor Antipin, who's probably going to play sooner than expected. Uh, Gooley probably won't play to start the season, but I could definitely see him being like called up. Yeah. Called up at some point, um, but he's. I think he's primed to be a stud. Bouyo, as as we said, is going to be kind of that five six guy, and then you kind of fill in the rest. You have Jake McCabe, who's uh, hopefully going to take a step forward. So I, I think he is. I like that kid. He's he's got he has some edge to his game. I agree. Baseball. He's he's a prick. I love he's, it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think uh, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction for uh, Jason Bottrell and, and the boys. And uh, you know, I like their pick of Casey Middlestat at uh, at eight. He's a, supposedly he's been tearing it up in development camp. 
Uh, didn't really tear it up in the weight room, but uh, <laughs> as as we know, that's only a minor part. Uh, but I think well, look at I tear it up in the weight room and I'm nowhere. So <laughs> oh, there you just go. Kidding, just kidding. Um, well, I think one thing that's not, shouldn't be overlooked in this trade too is that you're getting rid of Marcus Foligno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. What, I tried to. I tried to say that nicely. Yeah, I freaking hate him. And and, and Ennis is a band-aid. Um, I'll 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 right now. I'll eat my hat if if Ennis plays a, a full eighty-two games. because uh, he he's just not uh, doesn't have that durability. For sure. Yeah, so he, uh, uh, with that, I think uh, we've covered a lot of. Uh, we haven't covered enough though, Joe. We still got to talk about Calgary, man. <sighs> you want to call Calgary? All right, go go ahead, man. They made some splashes. They got Travis Hamanick <laughs> for a, tw- a 2018 first and second. I, 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 I like Hamanick, and, uh, and and you're a big Mike Smith guy as well. Mike Smith is going to be solid for him. He's going to be an upgrade from Brian Elliott, who absolutely shit the bed in playoffs last year. Listen, Hamanick, look at look at their top four D now. They got Mark Giordano, Travis Hamanick, TJ Brody, Dougie Hamilton. Pretty damn good. Yeah. A lot of teams are starting to follow this this uh, this design, uh, the Nashville design, where they're you know having those top four, top four solid defensemen. So you know I, I I like I like what Calgary's doing. They're in a win now mentality. Um, they're absolutely ready to go. And and you know what, the Mike Smith trade. He might be old. He might be aging, but I think he's still got a little bit of hockey left in in him. Um, not too far, too far removed from uh, making that 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 conference finals back with uh, with Arizona. Um, so yeah, but uh, I don't. I think I think Smith is just uh, he's he's average at best. He, I don't. I, I really don't think he's anything special. Okay, w- would you say? Would you not say he's an upgrade from Brian Elliott though? Not by a lot. An upgrade is an upgrade, in my opinion, though. So give at least give him a better chance to win. I think it's going to be. I think it's really a lateral movement, honestly. I, I don't know, but I, I disagree with that. I think if I think if you watch how that series was played with Anaheim, yeah, they got swept, but a lot of it was due to bad goaltending. They didn't get the big save. So, I mean, whatever. Mike, the, the jury, can they get you the big save? The jury's out. We'll see what happens. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think Mike Smith's got what it takes. We'll see what happens, though. All right. And one thing we got to touch on just a little bit before we, we didn't touch on this is that the Jackets acquiring Panarin and Mott for Brandon Saad and Anton Forsberg. That one, you know, we got uh, Stan Bowman coming out and saying, you know, chances are going to be made. And he didn't lie. That's a, that's a big deal. All right. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad we actually did touch on this because, uh, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for making good deals. But at the same point in time, uh, he's just he's restoring a lot of those, you know, glory cup rosters. And these guys are three, four years removed. I, I agree. But right in case. So look at Brandon Saad's contract and Artemi Panarin's contracts are very similar. Mm-hmm. Right? But the one thing that's different is Artemi Panarin's a two-year deal versus Saad's got much more term. I think he has five years left remaining. Mm. Right? So Artemi Panarin's going to, assuming he stays at the pace he is, which we think he will. He's going to need a new contract in two He's going to need a new contract. And that's going to be expensive. You're right. And we th- look at – so after Brandon Saad left, Jonathan Taves' production dropped. Mm-hmm. Right? When before, – before Panarin got there, Kane's production was still high. Right? So now you bring back Brandon Saad, 
you you boost Taves production up. You know. Oh, and and you and you go under the assumption that Kane's going to do well, whether you put him there with freaking exactly. coast players or not. Not exactly. not not to knock the coast at all. We love the coast, but <laughs> but but same, at the same point in time, like Patty Kane can pretty much play well with anyone. John Taves had a down year. I agree. Well, we had a down couple of years since. Down couple like, years. I agree. In my in my opinion, so we'll we'll see what happens. No way. They, they had some chemistry. That, that's just that's why I wanted to bring that up because I do think that that's going to help Chicago. Agreed. All right, let's uh, let's move on to Pigeon of the Week because we got a good one, folks. So uh, without further ado, here's Claudie Giroux. F***ing pigeon! Of the Week. And once again, we'd like to thank Claudie for uh, giving us that, that generous uh, introduction. Uh, pigeon of the Week this week. Uh, something near and dear to my heart. Um, for those of you who don't know, I uh, was an NCAA Division II golfer at the Mercyhurst University, and uh, there's been a growing epidemic lately of uh, viral videos of guys uh, approaching their tee shot, shot in the fairway, whatever uh, have you, and they get absolutely run over by a golf cart. Um, I, I'm completely baffled at why this is becoming a trend i think it's the videos are funny um but personally as a golfer and that this is trigger joe's uh coming out today i think it's absolutely atrocious that this is catching on and this is becoming a popular thing because this honestly looks like it it hurts it looks like people can get injured very easily um Jim, I, I'm curious to hear what uh, what your thoughts are because this is just reckless, and I, I'm trying not to be like part of the fun police, but at the same point in time, like if any one of my friends did this to me and tried to run me over with a golf cart, I'm breaking every single one of their clubs, throwing their bag in the water, like and just going off going off the rails. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm not a golfer. I don't even own a set of golf clubs. Yeah, I've I've played uh, with you before. It it shows. Yeah, I, but if I'm on the golf course, you know, I'm going out to have some fun. Obviously, I suck because I, I don't play. Last thing I want is some freaking asshole hammering me over with a cart. I'm telling you right now, if someone did that to me, if I was able to get up, my my golf club would be right in their teeth. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's from so, behind. It's from it's behind. So they, don't, like, they don't see. It's not like they can get out of the way. Like I understand somebody's driving a golf cart straight at you. Have time to like avoid it. Maybe joking around. Whatever. Even even that that pisses me off. It's stupid. But, like, it's, scum, it's scumming them from behind. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, I don't I don't get like some of these trends that are happening. You know, that's uh, I just don't get it. Like it's literally like those are supposed to be your buddies. Like I all understand like you you know rough housing all that. Like, I I'm. You know, guilty is with a lot of that stuff. We but. don't condone hazing, but we uh, understand it to a degree. Yeah, leave hazing out of it. <laughs> run, I would never run my buddy over in a golf cart. Like I just, it's. I think it's disrespectful. It's 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 uh, it's reckless. It's stupid. Um, I don't know. I, I I personally don't get it, and you know, I just. I, if someone did that to me, I'd be fighting them. You're I a freaking pigeon, and you deserve yeah, to be put down like any other. Yeah, I. Uh. So I mean, on a lighter note, let's want, let's let's talk to something that that Joe did this this past week. The honorable so. mention that gets me. I'll I'll take the honorable pigeon of the, of the week if that's like runner up yeah. pigeon. So we're uh, we're going. He comes up to my place. Comes north of the ball, north of the border. <laughs> King of the North. Game of North. Uh, Game of Thrones reference. 
Um, so he comes up on Thursday. Actually, he came up the night before for a nice little... Uh, we're getting into semantics here. Let's, but, let's... Uh, anyway, we'll leave that, the date out of it. Um, anyways, on the Thursday, um, we decided we're going to go downtown for some uh, for some from happy hour drinks. So we got a few cocktails in us. And we, yep, we'll go to the Jays game. You know, might as well go to the Jays game. Nice Thursday evening. Sun's out. You know, nice night. Watch some Jays baseball. So Joe said, you know what? I'll buy, I'll buy, the, buy the tickets on my phone. So does that, buys one stuff up. We go to the go to the game, try and enter. Tickets won't work. So we go to the box and I'm saying, sir, our tickets aren't working. What, what, what's going on here? After a little bit of, uh, you know, little little conferring with a couple of the employees. Reading the, reading the fine print. The one one employee says, sir, you, you purchased tickets for tomorrow, Friday night's game. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we can't go to tomorrow night's game. Yeah, we, we already have plans for tomorrow night's game. So <laughs> anyways. Hey, hey, hey! You know the story is a happy ending. I ended up selling the next day's tickets, and did, and we went to the game. We had a uh, we had a great time. Um, there was a real fire in the in the crowd. It, uh, it was definitely revved up. Oh. It was. Yeah. Like, uh, I was fired up till the next morning. <laughs> let me tell you, it was great. Yeah, the, uh, the fire was burning deep within this, me. This is some great. So the early, early, early hours of the morning. Keeping an inside joke in between the two, two of us. Uh, this is great podcasting, but yeah, that uh, th- that should wrap up uh, this <laughs> pigeon of the week, which I'm sure everyone just got a kick out of those those stories. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have we have a couple segments here to uh, to not end the show, but we we still have some time left. But the first thing I wanted to do was talk a little contract talk. We're going to talk a little uh, little money here, Jim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll start it off with uh, the big contract, the uh, just under $100 million man. Well, it was $100 million. It was $100 million. So you, Eight years, $100 million. You ended up taking less than it was originally reported, correct? Yeah, so originally it was reported that he'd do the eight-year 13.25 uh, AAV. Um, so... By the way, we're talking about Connor McDavid in case anybody didn't. Yeah, we just said Connor that. McDavid. But he ended up actually taking $750,000 less per year. So it ended up being a eight-year, $100 million deal, uh, AAV coming out to $12.5 million. So um, it, to be honest, like it goes to show that Connor McDavid is serious about uh, winning. Um, you know, that $750,000 per year, to be, you know, it may not seem like that much, in the grand scheme of things, with a $75 million salary cap. But it really does allow you to create or add another player and just add to your, your depth within your organization. And as we saw with Pittsburgh, with all those injuries, depth cannot be overlooked. So um, it's I think it's important that, you know, we saw it with Crosby. We saw it with, you know, even Malkin did it too. <laughs> and um, now we see the blueprint for, for what, what is done here in Pittsburgh? They're they're reaping the reaping the rewards of this. They've won three cups uh, in the salary cap area, just back to back cups here. So I think Connor McDavid seeing what's going on around the league, and you know he he's putting more of uh, you know he wants to win more than he wants to get paid. So um, you know I think that's an unselfish act by him, and it allows them to um, you know allocate money to other spots, and hopefully a guy like um, you know Leon Drysaddle maybe takes a page out of. McDavid's book, um, and, and you know what? It, he doesn't have to. He's earned his right to, to get as much money as he wants. But I think that's uh, you know a real. It shows the leadership of Connor McDavid, and you know, hats off to him. 
That shows the difference between the NHL and the NBA, too. I mean, you I all these guys taking big contracts. You know what? Kevin Durant took a big pay cut. Uh, yeah. He also was joining a guaranteed, you know, bona fide championship team. I mean, if anybody had any doubt that the Warriors were winning the finals this year. Yeah, but still, man, like he, he's... Uh... I'm not a listen. I'm not a basketball guy. Yeah, no, no. We're we're we, we're not going to try to be something. You know, we're not here. But, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm, I'm saying if like if Connor McDavid Connor McDavid would take less money to go play in Pittsburgh. Mm, kind of similar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but besides that, yeah, I think it it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, good for Edmonton for kind of securing this up and getting your your, your, uh, your star to stay with you and, and be that franchise guy for the long term because um, that's definitely a worry. I know it was a worry when he got drafted that yeah, like he's gonna is he gonna stick with Edmonton? I mean, um, they've kind of had their troubles as a franchise, so uh, good good on them. Uh, another contract that we definitely wanted to, to touch on was uh, Kuznetsov in Washington because that kind of put them in a big bind. You want to talk about a guy who wasn't willing to uh, take a pay cut and kind of put Washington in a, uh, a bind because they they ended up having to get rid of uh, Barkovsky. No, uh, or, no, sorry. Johansson. So, yeah, so Kuznetsov signed an eight-year. They signed, they signed Barkov, or, uh, Barkovsky. Yeah, they signed him a two-year. Yeah, Marcus Johansson ended up having uh, to get traded. Yeah, yeah, he got dealt with New for, Jersey for a second and a third round. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because that's off. That is eight year, sixty two point four million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you slot that in with TJ Oshie's deal, Vashon's deal. I mean, it's a lot of money allocated to three guys. So, and I don't, in my opinion, those three guys like I like TJ Oshie. You know, Ovechkin is what he, what he is. We've already discussed that nauseam what we think about Alex Ovechkin. Um, and Kuznetsov, he's a guy that is, you know, tons of talent. Young, he's, I think he's 20, 25, maybe 24. Tons of talent. His attitude is just questionable at times, though. Uh, inconsistent. I, I, It's a lot of money to give to a guy like that. I know the real high on him, but in my, I honestly think burakovsky has got a, a higher ceiling than him. So, uh um, we'll, we'll see what happens to you. you know, Backstrom's got a ton of money to, in his in his wallet too. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see what uh, I don't know. I, I still think Washington, like we we touched on earlier, Washington I think is going to get that third spot in the Metro, but they're obviously declining. And you know what? Actually, I just thought of this. Maybe I'm calling me crazy, but now they're they're not going to be that team with all the expectations. Who knows? You know, all of a sudden all the pressure's off maybe they go into the playoffs and they have some kind of crazy run they got the goalie to do it so who knows <laughs> they do they still they still ha- have that at least um which is huge uh kind of segueing here when we talked about the mcdavid contract you know um there's two guys from that draft that are obviously going to be talked about for years and years to come and that's uh mcdavid and uh eichel so uh now that mcdavid got his contract everyone's kind of uh all eyes are on buffalo to see what they end up giving uh, Eichel for the long term. And uh, Bottrell's been very open, saying they've had talks with Eichel's camp and they're very open to making deal. And obviously, and both sides really um, want want a deal to happen. Eichel wants to stay here long term. But what do you think, uh, Jim? I'm curious to see you know, what you think he deserves and how close to McDavid he, he, he really should be. I, I like Jack Eichel. Um... 
he's a good player, but he's not Connor McDavid. So if anyone think, and anyone in Buffalo thinks that he's going to get an eight-year, twelve point five million dollar deal, they're out of their mind. I, I you know, I he's obviously going to get the eight-year term. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if he didn't. But like, is is eight years ten? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking anywhere in between ten and eleven. Yeah, that I wouldn't go more than eleven. Uh, obviously, wouldn't nothing less than ten is going to um, Eichel's camp's going to go for. Yeah, I think you're probably going to look around what uh, you know Kane and Taves got that ten and a half. Carey Price signing at ten and a half. You know, I I know he's a goalie, but. You got to look at overall value to your team. What who brings? Yeah, he's their best player, and, and you know what? I it's I just don't. To, it's tough to gauge that because Buffalo really hasn't had that bona fide star, um, other than their goaltenders in the past. I don't know how many years. I mean, when can you look at a Buffalo roster in the last twenty years and go, "Wow, this guy either is or has the potential to be a top ten? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely not. Probably Alex McGillney was the last time when that when he came into the league. Um, when he tore it up with with Buffalo, he was absolutely dynamic. But um, <clears throat> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I like I said, anywhere in between ten and eleven is is what I what I what I see happening. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Um, and to stay in Buffalo uh, while they've while Botro came out and pretty much said, you know, we're, we're active and we're going to try to get this cycle deal done. He said the exact opposite about Sam Reinhart and getting a new contract for him, uh, which I think is kind of telling about what they think on Reinhardt, that this is kind of his year to kind of put up or shut up, and if he doesn't put up, um, you know, there's the door. I think with Reinhardt, if he doesn't put up, <clears> he's <throat> going to get that small bridge deal where he'll get, like, maybe one or two years, probably two years at, like, four million or something if he doesn't put up. Yeah, but then it, I, I got are not going to give up on him right no, away. No, no, I don't. I, well, I don't. I don't know about like straight up giving up on him, but I definitely think that they could, you know, give him that bridge deal and then look to actively shop him. For sure, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm <clears throat> of the firm believer that they should be doing that right now. Yeah, no, I, I like he's he's still a young kid. You got to give him some time. Kids, you know, everyone de- develops at a different time, at different rates. Sorry, that's true. So, so, listen, I'm not a big Sam Reinhardt fan. I don't think he's the a good enough skater to play at this level, or not to, to play at this level to be elite, to be a second overall pick. I thought it was to be to be what Leon Drysaddle is to Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. Right right. So, um, yeah, I mean, what what, what what's more, I think they're doing the right thing, not not re upping him right now. They he's got he's got to prove it. So I, I think they're doing the right thing. Absolutely. Um, All right, uh, we're gonna segue here, or uh, we're we're gonna actually just pivot uh, pretty hard. Uh, to a new segment, and hopefully our producer Smoke and Joe can help us out with a nice little sound edit here. Uh, this uh, this segment is called "Stay in Your Lane." Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Uh, modeled after the great Lavar Ball. Don't call him great. <laughs> Are you kidding me with that? <laughs> the, that guy. The, uh, I stand, that guy I should in, just be the pigeon of the freaking year. <laughs> the uh, the great Lavar Ball. And don't uh, call him like that. No, he's an idiot. <laughs> so. Um, we uh, we we want to name this Daniel Lane, and this is uh, when the two of us are going to talk about uh, something that's has nothing to do with hockey, and uh, we're we're going to try to go outside our comfort zone here and, and see if uh, people enjoy uh, this segment. So, uh, something that's been a recent news story as of late, and I've talked with Jim a lot because I have a lot of different feelings on this. Is the uh, Floyd Money Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight on August twenty sixth? Uh, me myself, I am a huge Conor McGregor fan. 
I, th- I think, uh, he is probably the best promoter that's ever been. Uh, he's definitely the best shit talker, uh, of all time. And, uh, I, I'm really eager to, uh, to listen to these next couple press conferences. They've already had two, um, there's and one that's, going on right. Sorry, went on tonight. One and one went on tonight in Brooklyn, and uh, man, I tell you what, Jim, I am more excited, uh, and I've I had more fun watching these press conferences than I think I will the entire freaking fight because I think it's just going to be boring. I think Mayweather's not going to take any chances. I think uh, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know what to expect because maybe Conor will come out and he'll just start. You know. Well, did you hear Conor what he said? What he said? Mayweather's head's too small. My fist is too big. <laughs> his he's, his head is gonna hit the canvas. So that's true. And Mayweather doesn't, you know. And I feel like this is the same boring take from everyone else. But Mayweather doesn't uh, knock people out. And and I mean, again, we're 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 veering out of our lane here because uh, we don't know anything about the sport of fighting or boxing. But at this at the same time, uh, I mean, you gotta love the guy's confidence. He honestly thinks he can do it, and it's not like um, obviously everyone who gets into a fight thinks thinks it can win it. But I feel like this guy actually believes that he's going to go in there and beat the living fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's all right, Joe. You can say the f word. Yeah, I already said it once today. Somebody. We're all big boys. Um, he's going to beat the living hell out of uh, Mayweather. Yeah, no, I, I like you said. I think he truly believes it when he says. He's going to knock him out in four rounds. I think he truly believes that he's going to be able to knock him out in four rounds. Um, and I, you know what? I'll be honest. I'm one of the people that thinks that the everything leading up to the fight is going to be more interesting than the actual fight itself. Oh. Because like you said, Mayweather, is he's that defensive counter-style fighter. He's gonna, he always tries to win by, by decision. He hasn't knocked anyone out in years. Even when he was in his prime, he wasn't knocking guys out like ref, left, right, and center. So. So here's here's an, here's a little news story for you. So one of the podcasts I listen to is the uh, Michael Rappaport podcast, and he was talking about like the like like they actually couldn't understand why people were rooting for Conor McGregor like over Floyd Mayweather, and they were saying you know uh, you have people Floyd Mayweather's he's from the United States they should be rooting for him, and, and they're trying to make it like a black versus white thing, and I think it's the dumbest argument ever. Truly, because they like Conor McGregor over Floyd Mayweather because there's so much negativity surrounding Floyd Mayweather and kind of like his legal battles and, and whatnot. And I think it's a stupid argument to make. And people love like the bad boy who just does not give a shit about anything. And that's Conor McGregor. He'll show up late to press conferences. He'll wear suits that say "F you" or that say "F you" on it. He'll 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 do all the stuff, and he's just he's the cool guy. Everyone wants everyone wants to be the cool kid, and right now Conor McGregor is the cool kid, and Floyd Mayweather is the forty-year-old who plays in the boring sport, who, who just you know he yeah no I get what you're saying and, he dances around you know he's, he's not the hot candidate people and 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 if you just look at the press conference Mayweather is saying we'll see we'll see I work hard all in the chirps and you look at you look at McGregor he said you're dressed like a child like you, you're wearing a tracksuit. You're bringing a book bag to a press conference. Why are you bringing a book bag? You can't even fucking read. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> so he's got stuff like that, and that's what makes like that's what draws people to him because he's able to make these these quitty off or quitty, quitty, nice, nice English, Jimmy, um, witty, offhand comments right off the 
right off the tip, and it, it, it's hilarious, and, and you know, it's entertaining. You know, it, they're kind of likening it to, you know, the WWE and Vince McMahon, and, you know, they're right, but it's entertaining. So so he's he's eventually going to wrestle in the WWE. That's a gift, yeah, right? Absolutely. Dana White's even come out and said this might be the last time that he fights. Yeah, although McGregor did say he loves – he loves like the feel of like knees and, and, and actual fighting as opposed to boxing. But uh, that's definitely, you know, it's a next logical step. And you know whose footsteps he's following in? The Who's great that? LeVar Ball. What are you? <laughs> LeVar Ball. Wait, what do you mean? He, LeVar Ball. He just, he, just, he just came off a WWE appearance in which uh, he was electric. Yeah. You know what, man? I just... A great entertainer. Yeah, he is a great entertainer, and he's also stirring his kids. That's a debate for a different day, but uh, I think I think uh, if we touched enough on um, McGregor Mayweather, anything else you'd like I to say in it? Don't don't. No, no. We'll leave Levar Levar Ball's name out of it, but uh, you keep you're the one who keeps bringing it up. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he's what's hot in the streets, man. Yeah, he's a pigeon. All right, uh, I think with that, we'll kick it to our final segment, which is Shooter's Choice. Um, we have an extra special treat, and I'm really looking forward to this one. We're going to uh, bring in, as we love done, it when we bring in Joe too. Bring uh, him. I love. We're bringing in Smoking bring in. Joe Montesano, Smoking up, Joe. Boys? I hope your mic is live as uh, is hot right now. What's I think going it's on? Can you hear me? I, I think oh it's yeah, on. we can hear you. All right. Oh yeah, get, get on here. I think. Uh, I, I think. I actually, up. before we start, Joe, what's your Smoking Joe? What are your thoughts on uh, Lavar Ball? The guy is a pigeon of life. I hate him. I Number one, he's a chauvinistic pig. When he said, why, why are you calling that segment, number one, in your lane? And number two, I his son should slap the taste out of his mouth. I would love to see that WWE fight between his son and him, but... The, the only the only way his other two boys are gonna make any freaking money is off that big baller brand. Lonzo's is probably the only one who's gonna could possibly make money on his own without Lavar. But I'm I'm telling you right now, those other two kids are gonna be sucking off the the Lavar teat. How much did he charge yeah. for that shoe? Was it four hundred and something dollars? I think yeah, that I think those that was just for the slides. I think the shoes were actually like six hundred. Oh my god, that's outrageous. Hey man, if you can't afford them, you're not a big baller. Jordans aren't even that much, man. Come on. And they're <laughs> ugly as, as, as all hell. Anyway, um, Shooter's Choice this week. We decided we're going to go with another top five list. The last one got uh, some, some serious acclaim. So we're going to go with the top five hockey jerseys of all time. Uh, how do we want to do this? Do we want to go top five, rally them off, and then uh, we'll give thoughts? Or do we want to go like one at a time and we'll dissect each? I think we should go one at a time. I think each person, you know, we'll do like a, a little bit of a snake draft here. So uh, we'll start with the way Skype has it set up. We'll go Jimmy and then uh, Smoke and Joe, and then I'll do two. We'll go back to Smoke and Joe. Jimmy does two. So we'll do a little, a little snake draft for you, and uh, hopefully we'll provide some good commentary uh, in between. So, Jimmy, right. uh, your, your, your top five, start with, it uh, doesn't have to be your number one, but uh, one of your five. Yeah, I, this is in no particular order. I, I couldn't actually rank it one to five, but... My first one that I'm going to say is the Minnesota North Stars green jersey. That's a, that's actually a terrific jersey. The one with the N and the star at the top. And the the green the green uh, or no the white the white trim at the yeah, top of the, the jersey. The white trim. That's, that's it. Fantastic. And and you got the uh, the neon green gloves as well. That's it. It is. And you know what? Uh, it's absolute perfection. Love those jerseys. 
they're they're beauties. That holds the test of time. I'll, I will I will give you that one. Yeah, I uh, yeah I love those. Those I. What about you, Joe? You, you on you on record as saying those are pretty good. Those are my. That's my number four, man. Uh, that's a beauty. That was my number uh, four. Well, guess what? Take it off, Joe, because we're not having repeats. So you better start thinking on your feet yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, way to do that to me. All right, <laughs> Jimmy Seward. I guarantee you, none of you have any of mine. Joe, smoking Joe. What's uh, what's on the agenda? My number five is the Flyers. Their orange jersey. I love that jersey. Oh my! Oh God. really? I love really? that jersey. Oh. It's beautiful, Just man. the ones, like any particular one, because they've changed it up a couple. Like, I, don't know, I, I it, guess any the, of the, the orange. I like, orange. No, I like the new orange one. I really like that one. Yeah, you like the Adidas orange one? Yeah. Holy shit. Those, the, can we also talk about something that we missed was the uh, Adidas, you know, unveil, the grand unveiling? That was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> um. So we'll go to me right now and uh, – one of them that's near and dear to my heart and everyone brings this up every time, but I, I feel it's so obvious, but yet if I don't put it on there, I'm not a true, uh, a true hockey fan is the, uh, the purple, uh, mighty ducks of Anaheim, uh, jerseys. Uh, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy, he gave me kind of like, the, oh, yeah, you want, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what's your take on that? Uh, it's just childish. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like it out of it. You don't like, uh oh, see, yeah. boys, yeah. Yeah, the Mighty Ducks movies are just so near and dear to me. I love, hey, I love the Mighty oh, Ducks. The movies too. are great, man. Yeah. Well, the jerseys, you should love the, the jerseys. jerseys. Are ugly. You're telling, when, when they put on, in the second one, when they put on those white jerseys and they came out for that third period, I, I mean, I wanted to run through a wall. Well, because <laughs> of the jerseys? Uh, those jerseys are fr- without the uniform change. You can make a serious argument that they don't have that comeback third period. I think that that put the extra pep in their step. All right, well, there you go. All right, <laughs> uh, another one uh, for me. Since we're doing the snake draft, I have the uh, the teal California Golden Seals jerseys. Oh, those are beauties. <laughs> those are those beauties. Are nice. a, little, a little reminiscent of the Charger yeah. Powder Blues, if you will. You know what makes them even better, too, is the gold pants. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I thought they wore all teal with those. Was it? I thought. No. Oh, okay. I'm thinking a different one, then. I'm thinking. Like, oh, those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So See, look, it, check the ones with the gold pants. You might change your uh, change your mind on that. Great radio, but uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not seeing any right now with with the gold pants. But yeah, either way, golden California Golden Seals. Please. California Golden Seals. I had to throw one throwback in there, and the uh, the California Golden Seals are uh, are my pick. I like Smoking Joe. What do you got? Okay, I'm gonna go with a new number four, and uh, you know that uh, Calgary Flames dragon jersey. Oh my oh, god, beauty. <laughs> That's a wow. beauty. That's yeah. brutal. I that's love dust. it, man. So brutal. I hate that's that dust. jersey. That is dust. such a poor jersey. Yeah. Freaking Chinese New Year jersey. That was nice, yeah. man. Those are you like that, eh? Oh, yeah. That dragon was one of the ugliest stuff. things. That might be worse than the one I'm going to pick that you're both going to hate. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. I got two here. So, my first one, the Hartford Whalers, the green ones. <laughs> Those are great. Those, Those are solid. Are the ones with the Cooperalls, though. <laughs> what? Smoking Joe knows what I'm talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking about. The long Cooperalls. Those are brilliant. Those are unbelievable. <laughs> if, if, you got to put in an old Rock'em Sock'em, Joe, and you'll see the hits. 
mean, the Cooper Rolls is incredible. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now. Yeah, Joe, ty- Google that's Harper fantastic. Wheeler's Cooper Rolls. Abs- that's that's unreal. Absolute beauties. Please, any of our viewers at home, please Google image Hartford Whalers Cooper Hall. Uh, I give that my full support. Yeah, that's great. Like, they're beauties. Anyways, my next one. No. You guys are going to – you know, I think – which one? Are, you know what? Yeah, I'll do this one. The Colorado Rockies, their blue jersey. Oh, we're going all throwbacks here. These nice. are absolutely legendary. Legendary jerseys. Yeah, the blue jerseys. Those those are nice. I mean, those love are that, love that rock. You love that color scheme. Top you know, five. Like, uh, they're, they're fine for what they are, but this is why I liked it back in the day because the goalies had those dusty brown pads. You just, thought they played it off just the went way. perfect with the dusty goalie gear. I did. Uh, so I, that's that's my my third choice right now. All right, All right, back to you, smoking Joe. All right, my number three, I got to tell you, you're going to hate these. I'm going to give you my number three and my number two. The Rangers Lady Liberty jerseys. Remember those? Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to be I'm gonna be, I'm gonna gonna be. be honest. I don't hate them. I, I, I don't, love I don't, those. Don't hate them. I wanted I a like, 99 Gretzky one. I don't love them. I don't hate them. And my, my number two is the Vancouver Canucks Hockey Six. Those are classic. I, I, Joe, it's a snake draft. You don't go twice. You're the middle guy. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> go. Like, throw it off the entire snake uh, draft. My bad, my bad. So forget that. Go on. Your, your turn, Joe. Uh, All right. No, it's already on the record, so you can't take it back. So we're, we're, already, we're already there. Which, oh. which Vancouver one was it? I actually didn't hear the, that. the hockey sticks. You know the hockey sticks at the oh, front yeah. of the I like yeah, that. Yeah. That's not the, it's not the big V. It's the uh, – no. yeah. That's I, you oh, know, I don't just, mind oh, that one either. Oh, it's the green, it's the green, blue, the, the and blue the, and green uh, one with the, with the hockey stick. Yeah. Oh, it's black, right? No, no, no it's said, blue and green, man. He's talking about the one that's stuck oh, stick in yeah, the middle. Okay, I know what you're talking about. That's yeah. classic. Uh, I like that. I don't love it. Again, and I and I'm a I was a big Canucks fan. Um, the one that's gonna piss you off, and here we go. It is the Dallas Stars bull. <laughs> <laughs> That's that makes me want to puke. A black, a black jersey with the Dallas Stars bull. I, I, hey man, sometimes you gotta ride the bull. You know what I mean? Uh, that, <laughs> that makes me want to puke, Joe. No, I, I can't uh, even agree with that, man. You what? I can't agree with you there. That's that was one of the. Oh yeah, not a lot of people doing. liked it. I, I found it. Uh, I find, I found it. Uh, you know, very tasteful. Um, it's, my it's, number four. Uh, the Minnesota number five, isn't it? That's four. No, this is four. This is four. I went the Ducks, the Seals, the Bull, and then now we have number four, which is the, uh, you know, they wore them last year a lot, and I'm, I actually like the new ones a lot, but not as much as I like the uh, Minnesota Wild Greens. I, I really like their green jerseys. Like okay, with the cursive Wild Rider. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. I really like the way they look. I I think it it, it was it's pretty indicative of Minnesota. I I, I like. Uh, it's so much better than any of their other jerseys. And I, and I really like what Adidas has done this year uh, with their jersey. I think it's one of the best looking out of any of them. But I really like the original uh, wild cursive greens. Yeah, they're, they're crisp. They're, they're, yeah, I wouldn't say top five. but they're cla- I, I, lo- I like them a lot. Uh, Smoke and Joe, what's your final one? My final one, and this is my favorite one of all time. It's Toronto freaking Maple Leafs. No, here. no, no. The Edmonton Oilers blue, the oil. The oil jersey, you know, with the oil going through the middle? The oil, the oil rig? Yeah, no, not the oil rig, just the oil. The drop. The yeah, drop, okay. the oil yeah, drop. Yeah. I love that. Oh. that Ryan was, Smith rocked that hard. That yeah, is a so, great jersey. Uh, what's his name? Uh, ran the hockey camp out. Todd Marchand. 
I, I wanted to bring that back, man. That's a classic jersey. I love that jersey. Yeah, I don't mind that. Jersey. It's better than it's better than this, the Oilers logo. Yeah. No, I like the orange. I like the orange. The orange is good. I don't, know. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the oil drip through that orange, but I don't uh, like, like the that, Oilers. That navy, that navy blue in their logo. I don't like that as much as I like their kind of royalish blue. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, really, I, mean, I like that oil, man. I like that oil drip. I really enjoyed that. You know what? I'm I'm with Smoke and Joe on this. Get bring the oil drip back. All right. Bring the oil drip back. All right, Jim. Uh, I guess it's you then me for our final one. All right. So I got two. All right. All right. You got two. I got two left. So my next one's gonna be the Toronto St. Pat's jersey. Love it. That's a second one. Yeah, to, good call. Those are beauties. With, uh, with the brown call, pants. With the brown call pants. Homer on that because that's actually a really good jersey. Yeah. With the brown pants, so. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Has to be brown pants. Mm-hmm. Has brown, to be brown. brown uh, gloves. Yeah. It's. You know what? It's it's cool. They bring them out very seldomly. I think it's a cool tradition that Toronto has, um, and they just look sharp. They were, and I thought this year's version was pretty pretty solid too. Um, and now my last one, uh, you guys, this is going to be completely out of left field. You guys are not going to guess this one, the Cleveland Barons red jersey. I know exactly what you're talking about. Holy sh- cow! Really? <laughs> oh yeah, those things are hilarious. I. Uh, they're not, to be honest, they're not great looking, but I like them because they're so dusty looking. <laughs> to be honest, they're in my top five. They're not very great looking, but uh, it's my number one. And they're not great looking. <laughs> they are dusty as hell, and that's why I like them. They're so dusty that they're good. Dude, that's the most I think dusty, that epitomizes thing Cleveland. I've ever seen, but they... I think that does epitomize Cleveland, yeah, uh, except for the good part. Um, What's the good part? Well, you said they're so dusty that they're good. I don't think. Oh, so what, good. Is, what, what is that? A rust? A rust color? Like, is that? I'm looking at it right now. Is that a rust color? Yeah, I don't know. It's some. I'm not the best with color shades. But I don't. That looks red. like a rust red, like brutal. Yeah. Great. I. You know what? Uh, when it, I when t- I played with the Dallas Stars in NHL, <laughs> always wore the Cleveland Barons jersey. Oh, All right. Time to time to cap off this episode of Shooter Shoot with the best hockey jersey in existence. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be mad at me, both of you guys, for going a little off the beaten path here. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is no greater hockey jersey in the history of the game than the 1980 U.S. Olympic oh, white on. jersey. Come on, ladies thought- and gentlemen. USA. Well, we're not doing was, NHL jerseys. We were doing NHL. How, how far did you go off the board? S. A. Joe, I thought we were doing NHL jerseys. You know what? It's so good. I don't care. I would have brought an OHL jersey. You have to pick a new one. I reserve the right. If I thought there was any jersey, I would have brought an OHL jersey into this. The Windsor Spitfire jersey is incredible. Joe, you have to pick a new one. It's an NHL jersey. NHL, man. Don't, don't cuck us like this. I will. <laughs> All right. So now, now I have to think of a new one off the top of my head. Um, I'll tell you one right now, Joe. Are you going to go with your Chicago Blackhawks one that you, you, you were talking about? No. You can do the Nashville Predators puke green ones. I have I have Nashville Predators <laughs> written down here. I'm joking. Those are god awful. Not the green ones. The, the golds. I like the golds. I like the ones from last year. But I don't. I wouldn't put them in my top five. Um, what I would put in my top five, 
is the Los Angeles Kings purple jerseys. With yes. The crown. Yeah, those are good. good I call. will put those as my number five. The I gold ones are good, very, too. Those the are very slick. The gold ones are good, too. Sorry? The gold ones are good, too. The gold ones are good. I think the purples are uh, better. I got two purple jerseys in my top five. What does that tell you? Uh, Big purple color. guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Smoke and Joe. Thank you, Jim. I was trying to think of something funny there, and it really wasn't that uh, that good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for turning tuning in. Uh, we don't know when our next next episode is going to be. It's a slow news uh, cycle here, especially for the hockey season. We ask that you stay with us, stay patient, and we will have some big news ahead from Shooter Shoot. Uh, thank you again for for listening. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hey, uh, quick, quick before we go, do we want to do like a breakdown of every division? Maybe do that every week. Next four weeks, we do a breakdown of each division. We want to wait, wait it out. Maybe we'll uh, we'll let the fans decide. Yeah, we can uh, we can definitely talk about that. We uh, do a Twitter poll. We'll think Twitter about it poll. going forward for sure. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it. Take care. Oh, 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 o